So game one of the NBA Finals comes and goes last night. The Suns are up one nothing in the series. And, you know, I didn't get a podcast episode out before, um, like really going into the NBA Finals before, before it happened. And just based on, like, if you're looking from a gambler's perspective, you would probably go with the Bucks because they were plus money. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, maybe plus 155 or something. So, bet 100 to win or, or um, yeah, win $155, which, therefore, you would be getting 255 back, right? Because you get back the money you placed. Um, but, anyway... Uh, I I didn't, especially with Giannis coming back, like granted he wasn't 100% healthy in game one because the night before he was doubtful, upgrade the questionable, and then basically was a, a game time decision and ended up playing. So not Giannis at 100%, but you still had Giannis out there. And I think the way the Bucks closed that series against the uh, it's not 76ers, the Hawks with Drew Holiday stepping up and Chris Middleton doing his thing. Uh, I, I would have thought that it would be uh, a toss up here, but the way the Suns played yesterday, it, it does not seem like it's going that route. And, and obviously it's just one game. You still have, you potentially still have six more to go in the series, but um like if you're just looking at the stat line, you have Chris Paul with 32, Devin Booker with 27, Aiton with 22. Now, um, you do have Sarge there, Dario Sarge, one of their, I don't know, I guess key bench players is out with the torn ACL, which is super unfortunate. But he actually had zero points in that game. You had stuff from Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne. I believe it's Cam Johnson, is it not? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, Cam Johnson. Okay. Cam Johnson and, and Cameron Payne both had 10 points too. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, 14 points. So they got a ton of scoring, and they won the first three quarters. They outscored the Bucks in all three of the first quarters. And it looked like Milwaukee was possibly going on, the run, on a run. They got it within 10 points in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then the Suns were able to pull away and, and kind of continue the trend of what they – had been putting together for the entire game. Uh, but, I mean, it, if you look at, like, if, if you have Giannis in condition to where he's only putting up, I mean, it's I say only, but only putting up 20 points, like, this is a guy who needs to be scoring 30-plus for this team, really leading the team in the scoring, and and using Middleton as, as the complement. Instead, in game one, you got Middleton as... I guess the guy from a scoring perspective scoring 29 points. So you you got to I mean I think if you're Milwaukee and if you want a chance to win the series, you got to switch that up. Uh, and who knows? I think the Suns probably have to take advantage now if Giannis is going to keep getting healthier and better throughout the series um because I th- I think no matter what you're always you're just going to have that game from Giannis and it's a matter of how you minimize it with likely with your own offensive scoring um so yeah right now i mean i I, i'm kind of surprised i'm kind of surprised that you know i thought i mean i would have picked like if you had just a a straight up pick i would have gone milwaukee and and considering they're the underdogs too it only encourages it uh but yeah they they it's 
it's looking like Phoenix is on is on the way to their NBA title. And and like I said before, it's it's too early to really be super confident in it. But um, but but just based on what I saw, uh, yeah, it, it's I guess it makes sense. The Suns are the are the are the favorite in this series. As I'm recording this, it may be starting at nine o'clock, but you have the Stanley Cup Finals Game Five, and just based on past episodes, um, you're probably thinking, "Oh wow, I was surprised!" Spencer surprised that it's uh, it's gotten to Game Five with the Lightning and the Canadians, and I said four or five, so I was give I gave a little bit of leeway, but uh, the Canadians were able to get Game Four at home. And I think, you know, the Lightning probably won it that way because they would probably like to lift the Stanley Cup trophy in their home arena in, in Tampa Bay there and, um, yeah, get it done in five games. Uh, I mean, I don't don't uh, don't play around too much here and then have it go back to game six in Montreal and leave everything in, in doubt. But, yeah, I, I really think that the, the Lightning will be closing out the series um tonight here yeah it should just it should be starting really soon um but i think that's just one of those games that yeah it was it was 3-0 and and that's those are one of the games that you get right there just to you know get the uh yeah get get the one game that you for this for the stanley cup you know and um and then just but it, it's the it's the lightning taking care of business there so um yeah i expect the lightning to be lifting the cup in about three hours time final for euros is set you got italy and england and i guess those were kind of i think two of the top five favorites uh, going into the tournament so not too surprising there um i would have loved to see spain get into the final but that didn't happen italy ended up winning in penalties kicks and it was actually a really well they were calling cheeky penalty kick because it looked like uh it looked like the whoever was it was kicking that the penalty kick to win it for italy there in, in the semi-final it looked like he had like stopped his motion, but um, that completely threw out the goaltender and then left a wide open net for him to, to kick it into the right corner. And uh, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, it, it's 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 kind of cool that such a big thing um, like like the um, the European soccer championships comes down to penalty kicks and um, so. So, it, yeah, it's a unique thing. It's not like. I don't know hockey or basketball to where it's like you have overtime or or sudden death. You have extra time in soccer, and if it goes beyond that thirty minute extra time period, you're going to the penalties. You're not just you're not um, keeping on playing um, the these extra overtime periods. So that so that's cool. Um, I think I I wouldn't want England to win this because I don't think we would be hearing the end of it even even over here stateside uh that's just um that's just this is what i'm i'm thinking and i th- i mean italy is my second favorite european uh club team so uh i i think i would be going for italy there it was kind of a conflict of interest but i think i was still favoring spain in that semi-final um but and also congratulations to denmark on their run denmark went to the semi-finals lost to england 
in in extra time uh, today, and they did that without their best player in Christian Erickson. And and not like I I said before in in previous episodes is that Erickson would just went down on his own and apparently what was was dead for a second. So um, and then resuscitated all that stuff. He's fine now. He, he's pretty, I don't know if he's ever going to be playing again, but he he's fine and everything's going well there. But they're yeah, Denmark made a semifinal run a, a, just of pure passion um, because of the of uh, Christian Erickson. And yeah, they had one remarkable tournament run that's for sure um but i think it was kind of like what you're seeing with the canadians in hockey like at a certain point um the teams kind of go back to what they should have been and are, are a little bit more humbled and i think that's what happened at denmark against england i mean credit to them they scored the first goal they forced it to go past regulation time uh but england eventually scored i think it was in i don't know like halfway through the the first uh, first period of the extra time there, that first fifteen minute uh, time segment. So um, one one heck of a fight from Denmark, but yeah, Italy and England. And if I have to make a pick right now, um, I I think it's gonna it's gonna be Italy. Uh, I think people in the group stages were like, okay, is this a weak group? Is this like a fluky Italy team? Are they just you know doing what they're supposed to do against their schedule? But no, they're they're. I mean, they beat Belgium, they beat Spain, so they are a legit team. And I think they take out England here, and England is making their first uh, major tournament final since like the 1966 World Cup, where they beat West Germany. So, um, just given the more successful recent history, I got to go with Italy there. <laughs> So a significant Tour de France record is at risk right now and is with the most overall or most career Tour de France stage wins. And you have Mark Cavendish of, of um, geez, what team is he on? You know, that's probably, a, but anyway, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit here. But um, Mark Cavendish, who is a super good sprinter, um, world-class sprinter who, you know, people were thinking that he might have, raced in his last Tour de France back in what was it 2018 and he took some, a couple years off and then he was back on the team I think actually because of an injury from from a cyclist on their team and so he's taken advantage of his opportunities he's won like three or four stages already in the Tour de France and we're only after stage 12 right we're only after no after stage 11 so he has I think two or three legit more opportunities to get another stage when to tie that record. And, and it's, it's kind of funny because you have Cavendish there and then the, the pictures of the riders around them are all in black and white. So that tells you how good cyclist is in his era of cycling. And I guess if you want to say the doping area era of cycling, you could, but um, I guess just in like the present day modern era, um, so he's he's doing something that not a lot of people are, are, are doing right now, having so much success. And yeah, like I said, he is one away from tying the record. And, and this is kind of a career resurgence from him. He's in the lead in the green sprinters jersey right now. Um, 
if we're talking general classification, you still have Tade Pogacar with the with the really healthy lead here. I think over five minutes now because you had Ben O'Connor, the Australian who went and won stage nine. Uh, he he got a a um, significant boost in the overall standings. Was in second place about two. 230 behind Tade Pogacar, but he fell off uh, on on the second um, loop of Mont Ventoux today in, in, in today's stage, and he is back down to fifth, but was still able to hold on and not lose a, a, a ton of significant time, but definitely went back to the other people who are fighting for second place. And uh, Tade Pogacar, he was on the defensive with uh, Vindigo of Jumbo Visma, who was another young rider un- under the age of 25. He made an, an attack, and, and Pogaccio really couldn't answer, but um, him, Rigoberto Aran, and, and Richard Carapaz, surprisingly, all worked together on the descent to catch up to him, so that way all three of those guys didn't lose time to that rider, and they ended up yeah crossing the line all at the same time. So, um, so it was a good recovery effort by Pogacar and Rigobroto Aran and Richard Carapras. But this was the first time really that Pogacar kind of looked, um, I guess, human is the way to do it. Not so clinical uh, on the bike, but I mean, still, he finished the stage, what, um, top 10 anyway. So, um, but yeah, not the best showing from uh, Pogachar today. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest thing I want to highlight was Mark Cavendish and the Koenig. That's why I thought he's on team, uh, the Koenig quick step and, um, they just have such a good lead out train. Like in stage 10, that was a flat stage, had one categorized to climb a category four which is the lowest category of the climbs um got through that early in the stage was saving energy in, during the intermediate sprint didn't really go for that and those points and then the team had a perfect setup and, and cavendish won that stage so you really have to think the team is, is doing well to 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 get him to have more success and and he's just yeah having this newfound ability to win these races too so props to mark cavendish i i mean i'm kind of rooting for him to get this record at this point at least get 34 stage wins and and maybe go above and beyond and get the 35th and who knows it could happen on the ride going into paris there and, and on stage 21 and, and that's where he breaks the record but we'll have to see so this is one of these 50-50 topics I don't really feel like talking about, but I'll talk about it anyway. And it's and it's the match that occurred on Tuesday night there. Um, happened in Montana at, I can't remember what golf course it was called. But anyway, it was a golf course in Montana, and it was the, the match, uh, I think, number the fourth edition of it. And it was between Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and then Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. And I think... Uh, Rodgers and the Shambo won three and two, meaning they were up three with with two holes to play. Um, it could have been four. No, no, no. It was it was it was three and two. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Phil and Tom were off to a early lead after like seven holes, and then they conceded the eighth, and then it was all momentum to the Shambo and Rodgers. But yeah, you know, f- uh, fun thing to watch a month with like banter i mean i know i think phil and then bryson weren't necessarily bringing their best golf to the table 
but uh, there were some errant shots there. But I mean, they didn't really need to to do anything spectacular um, for people to watch. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it was. I guess it was. It was pretty good. I was. I was watching it along with doing other stuff. And um, so yeah, so Aaron Rodgers gets the best of Tom Brady with the help of Bryson DeChambeau and. Uh, I think Rogers is playing in the in that um, American Century Classic, which is a a celebrity tournament at Lake Tahoe. I think it's Nevada side because that's like right on the Nevada California border. So I think that course is on Nevada side, and then um, so yeah, so a lot of good star talent there. That I think that's going to be on like the NBC networks, either NBC Sports or or and just NBC in general. Um, so that so that should be fun. To, to watch and uh yeah so that's my kind of celebrity golf update and what a way to end an episode